you know what time it is. It's another episode of the 3-in-1 Podcast. Joining us from the Nasty Addy, Cincinnati, Ohio. Give it up for Keith Turner Jr. Hey, you introduced me first this time. I guess I feel a little a little bit better today. All right. What's <laughs> up? What's up, everybody? And coming in from Cleveland. I was trying to think of a cool name for Cleveland, and I couldn't. No, oh, none of them. Don't do that. Don't do walk. that. I, I said something that would have been wrong, would have been bad to say out loud. But anyway, give it up for international Ian Lamont Morgan. You already know what it is. <laughs> That's a new one. Okay. And from the capital city, Columbus, Ohio, it's your boy, Malcolm Morgan. Notice that there's nothing you can put there. Maybe there's nothing I can put there. Because Columbus is just, Columbus is a saltine cracker of a city. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Wow. I was, see, what I was trying not to say was mistake on the lake, but it's cool. I won't say mistake on the lake on the podcast. Appreciate that. that. Appreciate that. That would just be rude to just keep saying mistake on the lake. It would be, it would be wrong. It would be wrong. (laughs) Thank you guys for joining us this week. We have an exciting show planned for you. Um, I'm not gonna give. I'm not gonna do a tease. We're just gonna get there when we get there. Um, we're gonna start off with the biggest news coming out of the NBA. Um, ESPN and several other sources have reported that Kawhi wants out of San Antonio. Obviously, there's been a lot of um, tumult in this relationship throughout this season. Um, allegedly, LA, uh, the Lakers specifically, are his um, go-to destination. So let's start off with the big question. Do you guys think that the Spurs will eventually trade him to the Lakers? Uh, no. I don't, I don't think so. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't think the Lakers have anything that the Spurs want, um, honestly. so um, You don't I mean, want a triple B? You're not a big baller? <laughs> no one wants anything to do with anything with any of the ball family at all. Um, especially knowing that it comes with that ignorant man, LeVar. Anyways. Um, Never but, lost. Uh, <laughs> Speaking into uh, existence. But, I mean, I just, I just don't see, you know, I don't see it happening. Not L.A. I mean, other teams have some things to offer, you know, Pop. Um, and, you know, Pop ain't just going to take anything. Matter of fact, ESPN just sent us an alert that said he's going out to, uh, to meet with Kawhi. Uh, before draft, so uh, we're going to see what comes out of that. As Malcolm and I probably said, probably nothing. Um, <laughs> but I just, you know, LA has nothing. You can't, you can't, you know, trade, you know, uh, this great player in Kawhi Leonard and get, you know, Lonzo Ball and Julius Randle. Like, it, no, you just can't. So um, uh, to another team, potentially, LA is maybe one of his, you know, wanted. You know destinations, but at the end of the day, uh, since he's still on the contract, you know it's got it's got to be about what makes sense for San Antonio too. So, do I? No, I do not. Uh, no, absolutely not. Even though, you know, a potential trade for Lonzo would put Levar Ball exactly where he needs to be. I mean, 
in the the bustling streets of San Antonio, Texas. Oh my gosh! Um, Can you imagine? <laughs> no, no, I could not. <laughs> so uh, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, we we've been spending our days and nights. Uh, breaking down the logistics and the nooks and crannies and who would have to be traded and what type of exceptions could be included and what would people really be willing to do for Kawhi on what seems like kind of a rental type of deal and how much would they be willing to give up. Um, I just don't... I don't see Pop doing what, I mean, he said he would not do, which is trade him to L.A., trade him to a competitor, trade him to somebody in conference that could potentially be an issue for them. Um, and I, and I, I fully expect him to stick to that. Uh, Kawhi does not have a no trade clause. He has no say so. Um, if Pop could trade him to the G League, I think he would. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, all in all, it, it's it's super intriguing. It's crazy. Um, actually, Keith, like a couple minutes after I got that update, I got an update that said that they did meet tonight in San in San Diego already, and so. Who knows? Who knows all of what's going on there? Now, that is something to factor in. I'm still of the opinion that that supermax makes a difference, and you know, a lot of the thoughts in the NBA circles is that the supermax is undefeated. So, you know, we'll see if anything comes from these talks. I mean, it could be smoke from Kawhi's team to you know to make sure that San Antonio is you know kind of I don't know um, maybe he's trying to leverage his situation, but. Uh, I, as of right now, of all the options that are out there, I'm inclined to believe that Kawhi Leonard is a San Antonio Spur next season. Mm. Yeah, man, it's, it's tricky. Um, obviously, I think this, the big reason why the Spurs are going to be reluctant to do it is um, if you trade him to L.A., you are paving the way for them to build a super team of some kind. Um, if they're able to get Kawhi Leonard not use any cap space and they still have two pretty much max spaces left um then you have paved the way for them to get a paul george or a lebron james or demarcus cousins or chris paul something that could create a super team in your own conference and i don't think they would want to do that <laughs> i think the spurs are smarter than that but at the same time i still think there are some pieces kyle kuzma is a good piece brandon ingram i think is still growing he's still only 20 years old i think um and he showed some flashes this year i'm not the biggest brandon ingram fan but i think there's there's an option there for him and you know there's another team in la maybe he might be interested in um if i'm the spurs i'm not in a rush my my big question mark in this whole thing is, would this have played out the way that it had played out if Pop's wife hadn't died and he was kind of focused on that and not necessarily fully available to kind of deal with this crisis at hand? Because, um, you know, you, you kind of do the same thing back with um, the Kyrie trade. If David Griffin um, had been let go in the midst of all of that, would they have made that Boston trade or would they have made a trade at all? So I think that's going to be one of the big what ifs of this of this whole situation. Yeah, man. I I don't know. I, the other big question, and I think this is the thing that nobody's really talking about or focused on, is that if Kawhi does go to L.A., does he cut the straight backs, <laughs> or does? <laughs> or does he go for like four dreads or something? Like the straight back era has to come to a close. 
I think as if you if you move to another team, you requested a trade, you got to close the chapter on the jailbreaks. No, nah, bro, you got Dipsy Hustle out there on the West Coast repping repping the uh, the cornrows. You better keep it going, cuz. And I mean, you know, he can do that. You know, let him have it. Let him go ahead and hold <laughs> it down. Uh, for all the LA cats, you know, everybody out there on the West, <laughs> West Coast tripping. But man, no, I uh now who would I like to see Kawhi with in a perfect you know the world? <laughs> it's not the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> um, I mean of course, you know, that would be that would be dope. I, I would love to see him with Washington. Mm. I think what he would bring to them defensively and offensively, um, he answers a lot of questions in one failed swoop and puts them in contention, but that won't happen. So Wow. Keith, you got a you got a proposed trade you'd like to see other than the Cavs? Um No, not at this moment. Uh, I mean I would love to see him be able to uh team up with LeBron if LeBron were you know, if that would entice LeBron to stay, who knows? Um but um no, I can't say right now. I don't. I don't think Houston could be able to give up what they need. Well, they wouldn't be able to keep what they need to still be a contender and have him. Um, and I would hate to see him go to Boston because that like is almost a nightmare uh, for mm. almost anyone to to play with. Um, especially, you said what? I said Boston go get it's good to get in that sweepstakes. They're going to be forced to give up something they really don't want to give up. Well, they would probably it's... have to give up Kyrie, but at the end of the day, yeah. like you know, I think Boston win, can win a championship without Kyrie Irving. Um, yeah. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, if you put Kawhi Leonard with Gordon Hayward and 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 Al Horford, even if you're starting Terry Rozier at point guard, you have enough there with Smart potentially coming off the bench. You know, who knows who they who else they would have to give up. But I mean, I think I think man, if they got Kawhi, it's almost curtains. Mm. Especially especially oh. with Brad Stevens as your head coach. It's it's close to curtains for me. That'd be scary. Yes, it'd be completely scary. So, I mean, Scary Terry had him a good year, but he's no he's no Kyrie Irving. Yeah, but he he's not. However, but I'm saying though, if you give up Kyrie to get Kawhi. Your your squad is set, even if you don't yeah, have that's, Kyrie. That's the question. Would you give up Kyrie to get Kawhi? And my answer would be yes. But some of the Celtics fans I know <sighs> would say no. So that's. I mean, uh, I I'm leaning toward no, only because you've already got young talent that's going to take you into the next. You know, of course, if if the dollars and cents add up into the next seven eight years. You know, I mean, uh, you know, in the perfect world, I mean, you you got your Jalen Brown, you got your Jason Tatum, whose ceiling is undefined still. Right. But, just well, had a postseason. But, but I think that's what I'm saying is that because of that, and then you know, with with Kyrie, the issue with Kyrie is that you never know when he's going to go down. He's going to go down at some point, and it's and it's you know, and it's been once at least the past few years in critical moments. Um, you know, so. I just, uh, yeah. I mean, like, we we talk, we got concerns about Kawhi too because he's got mystery injury, I, I, and you know yeah. what happens when you when you get that mystery box. Yeah, well, I, I mean, think there's I think there's more to it than the injury. Yeah, I, exactly, him. exactly, Malcolm. I and think so, there's more to it. Like outside of you know Zaza Pachulia freaking putting out his leg and him you know coming down on it, 
before that, you really weren't here. You weren't like Kawhi was playing almost every game. Understood. So, and I'm, 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 yeah. And I'm strictly just talking about whatever's going on with this hamstring. Right. But, um, I, I hear what you're saying about Kyrie. I think he just answers a question that you don't want to have to ask come playoff time, which, which is, 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 is my floor general playoff ready? Is your floor general on the floor in the playoffs? Right. That's Thank you. that's a separate that's that's, that's, that's a separate question. But remember, <laughs> we're talking about a Kyrie Irving that that was operating without a Gordon Hayward, that was operating without a Jason Tatum who would come into himself. His load, while it was was not insurmountable, it was a lot more than was projected going into the season. So, I mean, if you're talking about a Kyrie who's taking the actual time to get his knee addressed, his knee which had issues since the 2015 finals, and apparently he had just never taken time to actually get what needed to be addressed addressed, if he actually did that and you're looking at a diminished work role with Gordon Hayward coming back, Jason Tatum being confident, Jalen Brown being a budding star, you know, Kyrie suddenly doesn't have to do very much. You can see him conserve energy like you saw Tony Parker's toward, you know, the twilight of their career, and they're still playing because, you know, they had the wherewithal. And I think Brad Stevens, smart enough guy to be able to structure that, especially with Terry Rozier playing the way he does off the bench. So I think it's a one-two tandem that works perfectly that I don't think you break up just to bring in Kawhi, who is a supreme talent in the NBA, but you've already got young guys clamoring and, and developing beautifully at that position is all right. I'm saying. I get you. I, and that's, and that's, the, that's the fair argument for sure. Yeah, well, I think we still have some time. I don't think this is going to be resolved anytime soon. Um, we'll see what happens over the next few weeks. But the most pressing issue, ladies and gentlemen, we want to introduce to you the first ever three and one NBA mock draft. Hey. That's right. We're gonna be making your picks for your teams in a predetermined draft order we've already decided. But before we do that, um, we're gonna set up the rules. We're each gonna make a pick. Obviously, when that player's off the board, he cannot be picked, and then we'll go down the list. Um there this will not account for any trades. But before we get into that, I want to talk about which picks do you guys see as the most available on the trade market leading into Thursday's draft? Well, unfortunately, number eight mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. is yeah. if the Cavs are really um, going to risk it all and <laughs> 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 throw themselves out there to try and retain the services of one LeBron Raymond James. Then, uh, LeBron <laughs> older. You know, we'll we'll see if we'll see how they uh how they go about that. I'm personally hoping that they don't. But by all accounts, whispers are saying you might want to be on the lookout for that pick and maybe even a Kevin Love to be on the move. Weir, weir. So, no. uh, so hold on. For the for the record, Ian, for the record, Yo. Ian, what are you saying that you want the Cavs to do? I want the Cavs to keep that pick. I want them to not don't that don't say who you want them to pick. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. All right, I want them to keep, I want them to keep the pick. Um, I want them to develop Jetty Osmond, develop Larry Nance, 
who developed Jordan Clarkson and, uh, <laughs> you know, really start building that young core with that pick and, uh, and, and whatever else. Uh, you know, if LeBron by June 29th does let the team know that he, you know, is desired to move elsewhere and he picks a cho- uh, place, work out a deal, get some young talent, center them around K-Love, stay relevant until your young guys become capable guys. Hopefully this pick has some star po- star power and, uh, you know, try and, try and stay afloat until you can be excellent again. Mm-hmm. You don't have to bottom out. You know, just because LeBron is leaving. And so, I don't know. That's just my, uh, you know, maybe retain the services of one restricted free agent, send Jose Calderon in Rodney Hood, and uh, see what happens. So, I don't know. Wow. I don't know how we got on the Cavs offseason strategy. But, Keith, what picks do you think <laughs> are the most available on the trade market? Uh, I, I agree with the indefinitely. Um, Definitely Cleveland's pick at eight. Um, I don't see any of the top four or five making a pick unless it, you know, involved a superstar um, because I think they can all get guys that can really benefit, you know, their future. Um, Orlando Magic is is a really interesting uh, pick, honestly, um, because I – I could see them trying to, you know, again, if they can get a trade to, you know, acquire a player, you know, um, to go along with Jonathan Simmons that they just acquired um, and, and some of those guys that could be interesting. But Jonathan hey, Simmons with the shout out. Yeah. Hey, well, hey man, I, I, I think that dude has a very bright future, even though he doesn't have pop coaching him anymore. Anyways. Um, so, yeah, I think Cleveland at eight. And then um, I'll be very interested to see what Philadelphia does at 10. Um, very, very interested. Um, so, yep. All right. Yeah. I, uh, I actually think Memphis, the Memphis pick could be up. They're looking to win now. Um, and obviously a rookie that won't help them do that. They're, they're banking on getting a healthy Mike Conley and Marcus And I see that I hear rumblings. They're trying to trade the number four pick with, uh, Chandler Parsons contract to bring in, um, a player that can help them win immediately. So, and, I, and and that team is not that far off. When you have two stars like Conley and Gasol, um, you're not you're not that far off. So, I, I wouldn't be surprised with them. I also wouldn't be surprised if the Clippers with uh, the number twelve and the number thirteen pick may try to move up or get into position to get one of these uh, players that are on the trade market mm. um, to kind of boost their their um, not really a reboot but a but a refresh. So those are kind of the two what, two that I'm looking at. But let's get to the reason why everyone listened today. They want to hear the the first annual 3-1 NBA mock draft. And the first pick will be done by Keith. Keith, are you ready to make your pick? Uh, it the, uh, the card is in. I'm ready to walk up to the podium and announce my <laughs> pick. With the first pick in the 2018 NBA draft, the Phoenix Suns select DeAndre Ayton, center out of Arizona. And the crowd goes wild. Uh, um, (laughs) Yeah, I I just don't think that Phoenix can afford to pass on Ayton. Um, You know, him being seven, I believe seven one. Yeah, 250 with the skill set he's got, you know. 
Like he wasn't completely a, you know, complete force defensively. Uh, but I think that's something that he can definitely um, improve on, especially with the, the likes of Tyson, one Tyson Chandler uh, being mm. in Phoenix uh, to, to show him the way. Tyson Chandler being an incredible defender and rebounder that he was. Um, so Phoenix definitely goes uh, eight and at one. Um, and I think he can definitely, you know, if healthy and all, can definitely be a star and um, really uh, evolve again this whole center position that has, you know, lost its art uh, for a while, especially since Dwight Howard has never been the same like he was in Orlando. Um, you do have a few guys now like Joel Embiid and, um, you know, Anthony Davis and a few guys who, you know, um, play the play the position well, but um, Aiton is going to really uh, make things interesting for Phoenix for sure. That's a good pick. And now the Sacramento Kings are on the clock, and mm-hmm. I will be making that pick. Hey. And the pick is in. Uh-huh. With the second pick in the NBA draft, the Sacramento Kings select guard Luka Doncic from Slovenia oh, and Real Madrid. Um, once again, this is these are picks that we would make if we were the GMs of, the, of this team. I think it's a good argument to be made that Luka Doncic is the, is the best player in this draft. Um, we have, we have never seen a player at his age, um, not just play well, but dominate at the, uh, at the Euro league level. Um, yeah. he's only 19, 19 and was the, was the Euro league MVP, um, at 19 playing with grown men. Um, and he also helped lead the Slovenian national team with, um, with Goran Dragic to Eurobasket Championship. So um, he's got great size, the playmaking ability. Um, you can use him as a primary ball handler or a secondary ball handler. The Sacramento Kings need somebody with that kind of dual threat ability. Him and De'Aaron Fox would be a great backcourt. You have mm. multiple playmakers, multiple guys that can um, that can kind of make plays and get to the basket. Um, and even, you know, if, if down the road you want to make a deal, De'Aaron Fox is a very attractive trade piece to bring in some more assets. So uh, Luka Doncic, I think, is the best guard in the, in the draft. I think he's going to be a star no matter where he is. Um, so Luka Doncic is my pick at number two. Malcolm, now, uh, yeah. Malcolm, really quickly, if you were yeah. Phoenix, if you were, you know, my team, uh, would you have taken Doncic at one? I would have. I would have thought about it, but I think – Aiton is just a talent that you don't see very often from the center I, position. Because I wrestled for a while. This, I wrestled, honestly. I was literally considering Doncic at one for a split second. Anyways, sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. He, he, I think he, he would have been a good – him and Booker could have been a really good backcourt. Mm-hmm. That's um, why I was thinking it. But, but Phoenix needs a lot of help. Their bigs are not good. Um, yeah. Tyson, Tyson Chandler's on the downside of his career. Yep. Marquise Chris and Dragon Bender just haven't really blossomed. Um, but if you can kind of lock down that center position and build some good perimeter players around him, I think I think Phoenix is in, in good shape with that. Yep, absolutely. Okay, just curious. So the next two picks will be made by International Ian. International. At number three, the Atlanta Hawks. Ian, who will you be selecting? Thank you, Malcolm. Uh, we've been <laughs> we've been on the phones and uh, whew, exploring some options and. Um, we're glad to say that with the third pick in the 2018 NBA draft, 
the Atlanta Hawks select Jaron Jackson Jr. Mm. We are out here uh, uh, drafting the center of the future. Um, Some say he's undersized, but we believe he has the motor and the upside and might end up being the upset big of the draft. And so, Mm. um, yeah, we got some guard issues. We got to figure out what we got to do with Schroeder. But um, I think we're going to go ahead and take Jaron and uh, and we believe that he's going to take our franchise into the future. Uh, Starting young with the with the uh, with the core inside is, is the way to go. Yeah. Thank you. And now the fourth pick, the Memphis Grizzlies. I was gonna do the the do 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 do. That's the that's the is that the NFL joint? Um, yeah, I don't, it might be the same noise. I honestly don't I know. <laughs> so, uh, with the fourth pick in the 2018 NBA draft, the Memphis Grizzlies select. Marvin Bagley the third. Yeah. Uh, we love Mark Gasol. We thank him for all that he's done for us, uh, as he is not put out to pasture, but on his way out, uh, we want to give him a fresh double double machine to mentor, to train up in the way that he should go, and uh, we just. <laughs> We believe <laughs> we believe Marvin is uh is the is the future for this franchise. Excited to see what Mike Conley can do with some uh with some fresh talent, some fresh springs, and um and uh, yeah, uh, this is a, a pick we're really excited about. Uh, we envision the future of Grizzlies basketball being very bright. So, how do you see Marvin Bagley? Do you see Marvin Bagley and Marcus Hall being able to play together? I do. Um, I think that, you know, Marcus Law has the um um has the wherewithal, not even just from playing on the Spain national team with his brother Powell, um, but also, you know, from playing with Zach Randolph and them being able to have a system there. Yeah, Marvin Bagley's game may not be exactly, you know, comparable to Zebo, um, but I think Mark is a savvy enough veteran to be able to pick spots where he won't conflict with where Marvin is. Mm-hmm. Um, and the great thing about Mark's game is that even at this age, uh, you can still find him in the post. You can still find him spotting up for mid-range or even stretching out as far as the three. And so, you know, the floor opens up and they'll be able to coexist. And Marvin Bagley's got a heck of a mentor uh, when you're talking about, you know, establishing his post game and really taking things to the next level. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I can envision him kind of playing that Zach Randolph role, but obviously a way more athletic version of Zach Randolph. <laughs> right. Off the ground, Zebo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go to the number five pick, which will be made by me, the Dallas Mavericks. And the pick is in. Uh-huh. The fifth pick. Fifth <laughs> overall pick in the NBA draft, the Dallas Mavericks select center from Texas, Mo Bamba. Yes, sir. Um. To me, this is if Mo Bamba is here, it's a no-brainer for for the um, Dallas Mavericks. Um, they've tried to get centers um, in the free in free agency market, whether it's Dwight Howard, DeAndre Jordan, or others. Um, but this guy makes so much sense. He's got great size, um, the longest wingspan I believe in 
if I'm if I'm not mistaken, in the history of the draft, um, just he he has the potential to be a, a dominant defensive force and can really mitigate some of the things you lose um, in these twilight years of Dirk on the uh, defensive end. And I've seen some video of him shooting threes, and a, a player of his size should not be able to shoot that fluidly. Um, obviously, it's going to be an adjustment coming from the from college to the pros. But if he is even just a marginal three point threat with his size, he can take this whole stretch center position to another level. Yeah, um, he, it, and he kind of plays it perfectly in this modern era. A guy who who will play defense, block shots, and be able to spread the floor um, with with Bamba, with Harrison Barnes, with Dennis Smith Jr. Um, even with an aging Dirk, this team has a bright future uh, moving forward and some and some nice building blocks to build around. Uh, Malcolm, just want to. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Cuban. Just want to ask you uh, <laughs> what you guys plan to do about uh, Mo's chicken legs. Last time you had some of those, it was um, Sean Bradley. <laughs> mm-hmm. We will be we will be giving uh, Mo Bamba. A lot of our um, wonderful steak here in the state of Texas. Amen. Uh, we're gonna get him nice and beefed up. We get him on some good, some good, uh, some good squats. Uh, <laughs> working out those legs every day. We will not be on the Dwight Howard workout plan, which is all upper body, no lower body. We will be, <laughs> we will be doing some Dirk uh, Levitsky iron leg workouts. <laughs> Oh man. Okay. Okay. Not the Dwight uh business up top famine at the bottom workout. Yeah, we're not we're not doing those prison workouts. <laughs> we need some we need some balance. <laughs> oh, Love you, Dwight. Oh shoot. <laughs> the next two picks will be done by Keith Turner Jr. That's starting me. at number six, the Orlando Magic. Y'all, this was a, a very, very difficult one for me. Very, very difficult. Um, Don't do it to me, Keith. Uh, but the pick is in. Pick is in. Um, and with the sixth pick in the 2018 NBA draft, the Orlando Magic select. You ready? <laughs> yes, yes, we're ready. Colin Thank you, Commissioner Sexton. Alabama. So here's the deal okay. with this one. Here's the deal with this one. Um, I was looking at our roster, and I was looking at the fact that we have, you know, something to build upon with Jonathan Simmons. Um, we've got, uh, you know, Bismack Boyombo in the in the paint. Aaron Gordon is a guy who still has to find himself, uh, but playing pretty well. We needed a, a guy who can really distribute one and also make plays offensively. Uh, so of course the, the consideration there was Trey young. Uh, but there's a lot of questions about Trey young. And I think Colin Sexton, you get a good defender. Um, you get a guy who can, um, you know, I think he can ball. And I think that, um, he can make this Orlando magic team. I think he can really help their offense and give them something where he can guard some of those, you know, Steph Curry's and some of the point guards who can really score. Um, I mean, average 24 points, um, while shooting 52% from the floor, uh, 47% from three. Um, so I, I think uh, I think we take Mr. Colin Sexton. Wow, that's a that's I think that's the first 
I, I don't know if it's a surprise, but it's definitely a little bit off uh, what some of the mock drafts have said. I'm a Absolutely. huge Colin Sexton fan. So I, I love Colin Sexton. Yep. Um, it's, it's a great pick. Yeah, I thought I would shake it, things up a little bit. You, you did it. You shattered, <laughs> my, shattered my board, Bob. <laughs> uh, and let's, let's see what you're going to do at number seven, the Chicago Bulls. This is the pick in. Oh, yes, the pick is in. Um, and with the seventh pick in the 2018 NBA draft, Chicago Bulls select Michael Porter Jr. Oh, God. Okay. Missouri. Uh, I think he's, he's one of those. Sexton, I mean, um, Michael Porter Jr. is one of those, like, wild cards in Uno, right? It's like. <laughs> you know, it's, he's he's like man. If you got if you got it, you know it could be great. Um, but uh, I, I struggle with this one because I feel like his upside is huge. Of course, his injury. You know, um, hopefully, you know things things can clear for for him. But I think that he can definitely make some plays offensively for Chicago, who is definitely lacking in that area. Um, yeah, I mean. Um, this was another one where I was very strongly considering Trey Young, um, but I think mm. I, I think that um, that Michael Porter Jr. with his size, his athletic ability, um, talent alone, um, could definitely give Chicago something that they would need. So, um, and of course, you you already have, you know. Um, uh, what's his name? Zach Levine. You have Bobby Portis. You know a, a couple guys that you can kind of work. You know, and then Robin Lopez in the center. Some guys you can kind of work around. Um, they still have Sean Kilpatrick. Uh, not a not a not a lot of other talent, but um, but I like I like Porter Jr. There. Man, that's a that's a nice little uh, core you got with him marking in. Uh, possibly Chris Dunn being a part of the future. Zach Levine. Mm-hmm. That's that's a. A nice little Corey building over there. Sounds like you uh, busted up Ian's draft board. Uh, <laughs> you sound like he was in pain when you made that pick. I mean, uh, anguish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's also left me in an interesting predicament that I did not want to be in. Mm. Um, but with the eighth pick, the Cleveland Cavaliers are on the board. I am making the pick. We are still deliberating a little bit here. Uh, man. <laughs> Still look reeling from that last pick, guys. Let's, let's go to Woj in the uh, Woj bomb corner <laughs> to give us what he's hearing. You know, I, I really feel like they're going to take a player here. I really feel that. Yeah. Um, I'm about 100% sure they're going to take a player. And the pick is in. Woo, the Cleveland Cavaliers select. Oh, man. Guard, LeBron James Jr. <laughs> We're really excited to re- reunite the fact, though. No. Um, man, I'm, I'm going to take guard from Oklahoma, Trey Young. Yes, sir. Um, I didn't want to be in this position, to be honest. I did not want to have to take Trey Young. Um, I like I liked Colin Sexton. Yep. Um, I even I even was interested in Michael Porter Jr. with this pick. But Trey Young, he fits a need for the Cavs. They need a point guard. Um, especially point guard of the future. They have a lot of point guards of the past on this roster. Uh, (laughs) um, But he's a guy who can play make. He can hit shots, obviously, from deep, as we saw in Oklahoma. I think kind of his deficiencies got got magnified because that team did not have any other 
professional talent on it. Um, so offenses, I mean, excuse me, defenses really keyed in on him. Um, and at the next level, he could potentially potentially be playing with players like LeBron James and Kevin Love, which is going to make it easier for him to get his shot off. And it's going to make it. I think he can play off the ball as well. Um, if LeBron is still there. So he's a guy that's going to help stretch the floor. He's not afraid to take a shot, which is a big deal for this Cavs team. You need players that aren't going to think about it, aren't going to think twice. They're just going to pull the trigger. He's a gunner. And I think the defensive things, I think you can kind of coach up and his body is going to get stronger as he gets the NBA. Now that thinning hair is an issue that I don't know can be fixed. Um, but everything else I think can be short up once he gets to the, to the NBA level. <laughs> Now, the next two picks. That, did I do okay, Ian, by the way? Did that Was that too painful? Yeah, I mean, Keith is a, uh, he's an evil man. And uh, <laughs> that's what we were left with. So, uh, no, that, that's that's the way to go. Thank you, Michael. Thank oh. you. I'm glad I, I'm glad I uh, did you proud, Ian. Um, all right, so the next two picks will be done by Ian. First up, the New York Knicks at number nine. Is, well, are the Knicks ready? We are. I tell you what, as a dumpster fire of an organization, we pride ourselves on uh, making making picks that uh, nobody really understands. But with the number nine pick in the 2018 NBA draft, the New York Knickerbockers select... Jerome Robinson from Boston College. You know what? I I'm you know I I know that last year's draft pick. Um, Wait, are you serious right now? Are you really? Absolutely. Um, you know when we think about the. Wait a minute. Wait the, a minute. Wait 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 a you know, whether it's off ball or on the ball that Jerome brings to the team, uh, we think that he will elevate the guard play of our squad and give us a uh, a better future than uh, than we think Tim Hardaway Jr. actually brings. And, um, yeah, we're just moving forward with, uh, with Jerome. Are we passing up some other prospects? One might say, yeah. You know, there's some other guys. One, on- one is saying, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's some guys who, uh, you know, some thought we might have taken a Wendell Carter or or Bridges or something of that nature. But um, I got to tell you, I think it's a risky pick, but I have heard some draft analysis and uh, seen some things from Jerome that, you know, he's, he's a sleeper, I believe. Um, wasn't always looked at it in that first round, but has strengthened his position. And uh, everybody may not agree with it, but I think the bright lights of New York will be good uh, for this BC collegiate uh, athlete. And um, yeah, we're going to move forward with Jerome. Wow. Um, uh, uh, t- wow. Is it? Wow. Is the ghost of Phil Jackson still there? I just want to know. <laughs> I, alive, here's, and, here's my, alive and well. Here's, 
Yes. Here's my question for you, Team President Ian Morgan. Um, what game did you see that just really stuck out to you that made you want to pick Jerome Robinson? I mean, what what seminal moment this year just really crystallized uh, you wanting to pick Jerome Robinson? You know what? Um, as far as game footage, it, that can be tricky. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, but when you look at um, you know, you you look at some tape that just shows, you know, um, that he does have the ability. Uh, we need some volume scoring. We did struggle to score last year. Um, Trey, oh God, I mean, he has some spells where he, he has some strong point guard play, um, but. You know, for some reason, we drafted a guard who could do not much else but defend, um, and that kind of hurt us. And so, you know, we do need to balance things out. And uh, if you think about moving, um, I can't pronounce his name, Malcolm. Frank. Frank Nilakino? Yep, that. You don't, if, you don't know the name of your own player? <laughs> you know, we are a dumpster fire of an organization. We don't really focus on names. We like is this the, why is this why you drafted Jerome Robinson because you can pronounce his name? We think if we can have a backcourt with Frank <laughs> and with Jerome, um, we <laughs> we think that's that is a building block for the future in an NBA that is that is becoming more and more concerned with having backcourts that are formidable. Uh, Look, us here at the uh, at the three and one desk are just shocked and quite frankly appalled by this pick. We are shocked um, for sure. But, uh, we're gonna go ahead and wow uh, the the tenth pick is in, and I honestly don't know what to expect here. Uh, the Philadelphia seventy sixers uh, is is the pick in. The pick is in. Uh, we see Larry Dolan. Uh, we're hearing word he's actually celebrating in his suite. Very happy with the pick, so the ineptitude. Are, of the, are you talking about James Dolan? That Dolan, yes. Um, okay. Sorry, I'm. A, I'm a, Don't even know I'm the name a, of I'm, your own owner. I'm in, Cle- I'm in Cleveland <laughs> Indians mode. You know these Dolans, they're everywhere. Um, yeah, James Dolan is. Uh, he's he's very happy, but uh, the with the tenth pick in the in the 2018 NBA draft, um, we want to bring out Mr. Colette. No. no, no, he's not. Okay, Here comes the tweets. We <laughs> uh, uh, with the tenth pick, we will select Wendell Carter. Mm-hmm. Wendell Carter is the pick. Um, Order has been restored. As we have a, uh, uh, we've yes, and we have a formidable center as already in Joel Embiid. Um, you know, we think that one of the ways that we can go with this thing is a Twin Towers approach. Um, and we think that uh, that Wendell could be a good Robin to Joel's Batman. Uh, you know, he's a high IQ, IQ guy. Um, and we just, you know, we like the way that, that he can approach um, um, that front court play. Is it a risk? Sure. Yes. But worst, worst case scenario, um, you know, Wendell could be well, we don't want to say this right now, but this is not on the record, right? Great. Um, you know, having, on live television, but sure. Okay, nobody can hear us. Awesome. Uh, he could be <laughs> a, a backup center. There's a lot of different ways that we can maneuver that. Um, and as we have a rotation that um, 
that we we feel is pretty free as we you know we we've plugged in different shooters uh for different situations we can also plug in different bigs for different situations and so uh yeah we we're, we feel comfortable and feel good about Wendell's future all right well we're gonna need to make these last picks a little bit quicker on the clock mm-hmm. the Charlotte Hornets are up owner Michael Jordan looking to add to his not-so-impressive list of draft picks. And the pick is in. The Charlotte Hornets will be selecting Kevin Knox, small forward mm. from Kentucky. Mm. Um, Kevin Knox, man. he's I think he's a guy that wasn't talked about early in the, in the process but has really kind of shot up some draft boards with some workouts recently. Um, Six-foot-nine, Seven and one fourth um, inch wingspan, thirty six and a half inch vertical. Um, in the modern NBA, he can play one through four, can guard four, one through four, um, can score in the post, has ability to handle the ball. Want to see him improve his shooting, but the upside is so high on him. He's not even nineteen years old yet. Yep. Um, so he has a lot of room to grow, grow into his body. Um, and I think he'll he could become a good versatile forward for you, especially in today's modern NBA, where you need versatile wing guys that can play either forward position. Awesome. The the next pick, the twelfth mm-hmm. pick, will be done by Keith Turner Jr. And it's the first of two picks from the Los Angeles Clippers. Yes. Well, and with the twelfth pick in the two thousand and eighteen. NBA draft. Los Angeles Clippers select Michael Bridges, guard forward Villanova. Um, this kid has a lot of experience. Um, he has a very high floor. Um, simply because um, he's a good perimeter scorer. And on top of that, he also can defend, uh, which you know um, this def- this team definitely needs. Uh, some guys who can make plays and defend. Um, we have Lou Williams, who can definitely score the rock already. We have a DeAndre Jordan in the paint, getting dirty, getting us some rebounds, giving us some some alley oop looks. Um, and now to add uh, Mr. Bridges uh, definitely gives us a a uh, a, a decent uh, core offensively um, and something to build off of. So we're pretty excited. Um, to have him come on board. Uh, Keith, just want to ask you real quick. Uh, are you not surprised that uh, Mr. Bridges fell to you all the way there at uh, 12? I, I'm a little surprised, honestly. Um, okay. Because I, I thought potentially um, a uh, New York Knicks team may, get, may have taken him. Um, mm. But they went another route. Uh, with, a, with with one particular person from Boston College, so uh, we were very thrilled to see him drop actually, because um, uh, we did not expect him to be there. So, seemed like a seventy sixers team could use him too, but luckily he'll be the next in a long line of Clippers small forwards not to pan out. Oh, whoa! <laughs> this is coming from the same draft minds that got you Jerome Robinson in the draft. Just saying. <laughs> That was the next. I, I have nothing to do with. <laughs> uh, right. And the 13th pick will be made by me. 
Los Angeles Clippers with their second pick in the first round. Um, man, I would love to pull out a Jerome Robinson right now, but <laughs> I'm not going to go crazy. I, <laughs> I'm going to go the Los Angeles Clippers with the 13th pick in this year's NBA draft. Will be selecting Shy Gilgis Alexander, uh, guard Kentucky. from Kentucky. Yep. Um, this is a guy who really, um, really developed as the season went on, um, and really kind of changed the course of the season for the Kentucky Wildcats. They were kind of struggling earlier in the season. People were kind of already kind of writing the team off, but um, in the second half of the year, he really finished strong. Um, he's got great size, um, can play either guard position. I think he was the primary ball handler for, um, for the, for the Wildcats this year. Um, I think you could see him have some good defensive potential, a good guy to develop behind a Lou Williams. Um, Doc Rivers, I think will be able to coach him up right now. The Lakers just need good players to develop. Um, yeah, last year for Kentucky, he averaged 14, four rebounds and five assists. 40% 40% shooting from three, 81% from the line. He's six foot six, 180. He's going to grow into that frame. Um, reminds you a little bit um, of a young um, Sean Livingston when he first came into the league. Has that same kind of length um, and versatility at the guard position. Um, he's going to develop some skills as he gets into the league, but I think his potential is really high um, to, to develop into a really good um, NBA point guard. So there's one more pick in the lottery. Um, we've all had four picks each. So real quickly, if you're the GM for the Denver Nuggets, who do you take at 14? Uh, with what's left on the board, um, I think Miles Bridges is a good way to go. Yep, that was my pick, Miles Bridges. Absolutely. Yep, that's who I had as well. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they go with a guy like Robert Williams, too. A young center from Texas A&M who can really play uh, defense. Um, he's also an option there. But, yeah, Miles Bridges, I think it's the obvious choice. He's We've seen him play at Michigan State the last couple of years, hit big shots, able to play either forward position, can defend. Um, yeah, man. Some, some well, have guys, been taking uh, Lonnie Walker, the fourth, I believe. Yeah. I just don't, I don't know a lot about him. Um, he's kind of shown up on draft boards over the last – few weeks and I, I honestly just don't know a lot about him yeah I mean he literally I mean um he didn't average a whole lot of points his sh- three-point shooting was okay uh free throw percentage 68 percent, which wasn't great like he didn't he didn't you know show me a whole lot within his stats but I guess I'd have to watch a little bit more film of him to see why they some had him taking them that high so well yeah. who knows yeah I mean he's a he's a great athlete uh, but he doesn't he doesn't give you a whole lot on either side of the floor. Right. Um, definitely needs to improve on defense. And just looking at Denver, they seem to always be rich with guards, and they just mm. don't need any more. Uh, so Gosh. I think, yeah. you know, picking guards somebody down low. Forwards. Exactly. So, yeah, I think they need some down low presence. Especially yeah. to go with, uh, with, oh, Lord, Jokic. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah you give him, give him somebody to, you know, give him somebody to Vladi Divox with down low. <laughs> I think that that could be that could be incredible, especially because um, you know Miles can he can shoot, 
And so, you know, spread them out a little bit like that. So, yeah, that's those are our picks uh, for this year's NBA draft. Thank you for listening to the first annual 3-1 NBA mock draft. Um, there, there were some surprises here. Um, we'd love to hear from you guys about it. Tweet directly to Ian Morgan um, <laughs> uh, and ask him about what the Knicks were thinking. Um, one more quick point before we get to our our closing, um, our parting words. North America, <laughs> North America won, uh, was awarded the 2016 World Cup. Um, so it'll be, they'll be holding their matches. Right. Yep, yep, 2026. So that's USA, Mexico, and Canada will be hosting the 2026 World Cup. Um, obviously, soccer still growing in the States. Um, obviously, it's huge in Europe. Even in Mexico, it's a pretty big sport. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not I'm not sure about Canada, um, but this is a big opportunity. Do, what kind of effect do you think this can have on the growth of soccer, uh, particularly in the U.S.? Well, I mean, it'll be huge, but here's the piece. Um, the U.S. Uh, men's team needs to be in it. You know, too, because, right? here's, the, because yeah. here's the deal. I... I am not a huge soccer guy, but I tell you this much. In 2014, I was watching the U.S. play the World Cup, and it was some very exciting games. This year, I haven't watched a lick of the World Cup yet, and I don't think I plan to. Um, Maybe, you know, like if I get an alert that someone's in penalty, you know, uh, down to, you know, uh, penalty kicks or something like that, those are exciting to watch. But I just have no interest. And so I think it it could be huge, especially – if the United States men's team is in. Um, but yeah. if they're not, um, I, I just don't see, you know, I still see fans supporting it, especially because we have so many, you know, immigrants and we have so many, you know, um, people from other countries here in the United States who will love to go and root for their teams. But um, outside of it being a huge economic, um, you know, uproar for businesses and all around that time, if if United States men's team isn't in, I, it's not going to do much. Yeah, I, I I definitely think it's important that the U.S. men's team is in. Um, I also hope that the political climate of our country is more welcoming. Um, yes. Of those who will be coming, because one thing about the World Cup is that those fans travel. Yes. Um, and I'm an Uber driver. I dropped off like three guys who were flying out to Russia this week to spend like a month there for the world. I mean, and so you're, you're talking about loyal fans. You're talking about people who, I mean, they go nuts for this stuff. And I think that's huge that uh, North America be able to be hosting. I think it's great that it's in conjunction with uh, Canada and um, and Mexico. And I think they're they're in the process of selecting the city, right? That'll be chosen at, at a future time. Um, I'm not really sure how they're going to kind of divvy it up. I mean, I'm yeah. sure they're still probably working out those details. But, yeah, I'm, I'll be interested to see where they do their the opening Absolutely. ceremonies and things like that. How are they going to work that out? Yep. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. I think that'll be huge uh, for the country. That could be a, a, a woo, unifying event unlike anything that we have seen. It's that big. Yep. So um, so I'm looking at the, the details of the bid. 
Um, so 2026, that year will feature an expanded field for, um, from 32 teams to 48 teams. Mm. Um, the joint bid calls for 60 of the 80 games to be played in the U.S., including all matches from the quarterfinals onward, while Canada and Mexico host 10 apiece. The final, expected, the final is expected to be played at MetLife Stadium just outside New York. That's what's wow. Up. New York will That's be nuts in yeah. that time. Oh, my goodness. Hotels will be $1,000 a night. <laughs> I was going to say, Ian, you, you might want to go drive out to New York and start Ubering. Cause, uh... <laughs> yeah, man. You'll make a killing, Ian. Yeah. I, uh, Keith kind of took my take. I, look, the U.S. needs to be in it. Um, that would be just a – this year was just – it's hard for me to care too much about it because I can't watch my own country play. But right. man, uh, hopefully the U.S. can get it together by 2026. We can have a competitive team um, playing in that tournament because U.S. team playing on U.S. soil, man, that would just be crazy um, for the sport. That would be crazy for obviously the, the players mm-hmm. um, get to experience something on U.S. soil. They probably don't get to get to see a whole lot. So I mean, it's definitely an opportunity to grow the game. Um, I've I've gained more of an appreciation for soccer over the last few years. We have an MLS team here in Columbus. They're getting one in Cincinnati. Um, you know the, the the state is it's it's really growing. So um, you know hopefully by that point we'll have a competitive team, some stars to kind of root for. Um, but yeah, I mean, man, soccer is it's it's a fast growing sport. It's so big everywhere else. Um, it's just got to start catching on here, and I think. A lot of the the European stars coming here and playing later in their career is really shining a spotlight on the league, and it's it's, it's another it's another big opportunity for U.S. soccer. So you guys know how we usually end the show. It's with our parting words. Let's start off in Cleveland with Ian. Ian, what are your parting words tonight? Parting words for tonight. I just want to uh, uh, to shout out. Those who are uh, who are struggling and haven't had a sufficient sports take in a while, you know, you've watched certain networks where everybody's just really yelling. You've watched other networks that kind of spun off of the other network uh, where there's just a whole lot of hot takes, and you're just looking for something, just searching for something, grasping for anything to hold on to. And that's why I want to shout out the three and one podcast. I just appreciate what those fellas are doing uh, for sports reporting and, and just, you know, just uh, uh, for sports entertainment. Um, they're not breaking stories and everything like that just yet. But, yeah, those fellas, they're well on their way. Um, so, you know, especially the one from Cleveland, I think he's amazing. And, uh, well, I just wanted to leave everybody with that message. Uh, three and one. Go team. Three and one. Three and one. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I did. I did not know where that was going in the beginning, but good. Thank you for landing that gracefully, Ian. Oh Keith, boy! Give us your parting words. Um, first of all, I'd like to shout out Forty Five for being an awful person. Um. <laughs> anyways, that I just had to make sure I see that in there. <laughs> Um, on, okay. on, a, on a lighter note, on, on a lighter note, um, shout out to um, our fathers. It was just Father's Day, and yeah. um, we certainly celebrate men who are um, 
fathers, not just baby daddies. Um, even though baby daddies do play a role, uh, you know, um, within bringing life. However, uh, shout out to fathers, uh, men who pour into other young men um, and exemplify what men of character and integrity are, uh, and especially those who uh, instill Christ uh, into the lives of younger, um, younger folks as well. So shout out to our fathers. We would not be here without you. Uh, and if you're a father and you're listening, um, shout out to you. Keep doing what you're doing and being that influence uh, for your child's life. Man, I, uh, shout, you know, I like, I like the shout outs we did, us, for one of the shout outs, which is, you know, top 10 shout out ever for a one podcast. <laughs> shout out to, to fathers everywhere. Hopefully you guys got treated right this Sunday on a Father's Day. And man, we have a father on the podcast. That's right. Happy Father's Day to Ian, Ian times Morgan. two. Yes. Oh, thank you, brothers. I appreciate it. Um, my shout out, um, my parting words on this evening. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give my parting words to uh, Greg Popovich. I cannot imagine what he has gone through mm. over the last couple months um, coaching an NBA season without your best player. Obviously, all the tumult following that, but um, also having to deal with the loss of your spouse. Yeah. Um, and in a time when it's a pivotal offseason for your team, and um, obviously you have a lot of demands on you, I, I can't imagine having to go to work um, knowing that your your spouse isn't going to be there when you get home. So um, my thoughts and prayers are with him. I'm, I'm reading all these stories about him. Uh, meeting with Kawhi, and I know he's doing it with a heavy heart. Um, so shout out to him. Um, he's taken a lot of stands at social justice and has been one of the great personalities, not just coaches, but personalities in the NBA. Um, a good man, and I, I, I just pray for him and his family in this time um, and the whole Spurs organization. Um, it's not easy, Pop, but we love you, and we're praying for you, and uh, praying that Kawhi comes to his senses because <laughs> yeah, nobody man. wants to nobody wants to trade Kawhi Leonard. So that's another exciting episode of the Three One Podcast. Thank you for listening from Cincinnati, Ohio. It's Keith Turner Jr. Hey, from Cleveland, Ohio. It's international. Ian Lamont Morgan. Gang, 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 gang. <laughs> and from the six one four, the capital city. Yep, that's what we call it, Columbus, Ohio. Give it up. For me, Malcolm Morgan, thank you guys for listening to the 3-in-1 podcast. We'll see you all next time. Peace.